0: Hello, thank you for stopping by this science fiction podcast from Third Flatiron Iron Publishing in Boulder, Colorado. Today we're presenting the short story, The Abstract Heart by Martin Clark. Martin resides in Dumfries in southwest Scotland, having lived in Glasgow, Edinburgh, and London previously. He does computing work for local government and writes supernatural noir novellas on the side. For more from Third Flatiron, check out our website at thirdflatiron.com and subscribe to our RSS feed. This little story is set in the near future, where software can simulate, even replicate, the responses of the deceased. The creator of one such ghost in the machine wants to make it both sentient and self-aware. And now, here's The Abstract Heart, read by Ian Rayner.
1: Look upon my works, ye mighty, and despair. I paced to and fro on the empty metro platform my impatience on fast-forward. Fairview was a wealthy, gated community, so only security personnel and domestic staff used the transit authority, and none at that hour of the evening. The next scheduled service was on time, but my nervous excitement had slowed relativity to a crawl. My phone rang, the tone indicating my employer. I shifted the call to my audio-visual implants, shutting out the real world. The red-on-grey Anderson Industries logo flared and then dissolved into a virtual reality representation of the Situation Room. Technician Brandt stood out in ultra-reality relief against the stark functionality of our surroundings. Despite his being my junior, his manner was curt, almost perfunctory. You're running a program in deep core, there's nothing logged. This is a courtesy call before I purge the system and inform director Han. Don't you dare, I snapped at him, and then forced my features into a semblance of a smile. Sorry, it's just one of my pet projects, a compression algorithm for emergency upload situations. The overall performance hit is negligible, and you know how the director gives me considerable leeway. After all, I am chief developer. That final jibe reduced Brand's mouth to a thin line. My previous pet projects had secured Han's reputation within the corporation, making me virtually fireproof. Brand merely nodded, then dissolved from view. Unlike the Cheshire Cat, he left nothing behind, not even a scowl. I shivered and wiped my mouth with a hand that trembled. To my mind, the ultra-reality interface went too far, but at present it was a necessary evil. Although I hadn't planned on visiting my creation until later, there seemed little point in postponing things. I sidestepped to my personal virtual workspace and accessed Suite 101, a partial recreation of the Kaiser Wilhelm Hotel in Bonn. It had been online for almost three weeks by that point, but Brandt was the first to notice. Discontinuity. I blinked. The room was plush, if not extravagant. The heavy curtains were always closed, but it was probably early morning outside, given the lack of traffic noise. My heart skipped a beat at the sight of the woman curled up on the sofa, watching the financial news. She didn't look up. I really wish you'd find some way to knock, Matthew. One of these days I might have company. I stood there, feeling awkward. Uh, sorry, so how are you? Bored. Well, so how's your portfolio? Her gaze flicked towards me, then back to the Far Eastern markets. Flourishing, but I could do with more than chump change to work with. I'm sorry, that's all I have, everything she snorted. You could give me access to your departmental budget. With that, I could double my investment and replace the principal before your accountancy system so much as blinked. I wiped my forehead, feeling uncomfortable. I'm sorry, Rosa, but like I said, I don't have the balls. Rosa flicked back her hair. Why are you here? This isn't one of your scheduled fuck visits. Her crudity made me coloured up with embarrassment, but I was also excited by her directness. If I'm being honest, part of her appeal was my hold over her. Rosamond Harts had been a corporate executive who died in an air crash. But she was valued enough that her former employers still wanted her input and opinion. That's what I did. I created non-sentient expert systems that could accurately mimic the reactions and responses of the deceased. I'd learned just about everything there was to know about Rosa and extrapolated her behavioral imperatives fleshed out with recreated events and typical life experiences, memories if you will. I'd fashioned her past, and it now felt like I'd been part of it. Rosa was intelligent, strong-willed, and ambitious. It took less than a week for me to fall hopelessly in love with her. When the time came to download my creation, I couldn't give her up. Instead, I grafted the beta version onto a secondary corporate AI to create an Indoru, a virtual intelligence. Since then, the term high-maintenance had taken on an entirely new meaning. I cleared my throat. I'm heading into the city, into the quarter, and uh, I thought you might like to watch. Rosa laughed a cruel edge to her voice. You do realise that vicarious sex isn't exactly my idea of a night out on the town. But you'll come. I I might get lucky. Oh, I'll tag along. As you say, you might find someone interesting. I smiled. Discontinuity. The empty two-car train pulled into the metro station. I boarded and sat down, switching my phone into prepaid cellular mode, anonymous and untraceable. My fingers trembled as I dialed a number from memory. Pleasant company expected, how may we be of service? The female voice was calm and professional, but with a sultry undertone. Hi, I'm visiting the quarter this evening and would appreciate some convivial company. Certainly, sir. And would you like your escort to be male, female or transgender? Oh, definitely female. Above average height, brunette, curvy, as curvy as they come, if you can swing that. I'm sure we can satisfy your every requirement, sir. Now, as to personality, intelligent, independently minded, but not a dom or a sub. I want someone who can hold a conversation. I have the very girl in mind, sir. Her name is Kerry. In terms of remuneration, whatever it costs for the full 12-hour package, I forwarded the account details and a one-time authorization code to the offshore hospitality account used by our senior executives. Although my occasional raids into this particular fund of depravity hadn't gone unnoticed, nobody wanted a full audit, particularly Director Hahn. The amount extracted made the woman's voice warm towards me. Thank you, sir, and you can be assured of our complete discretion in this matter. Of course, all our escorts are free from any form of recording device and incorporate contact DNA neutralization as standard. Outstanding. Now, I was thinking of Casa Gaudi, say around eight? An excellent choice, sir, if I may say so. Kerry will meet you in the lounge bar. Right. Got that, and and thank you. No, sir, thank you, and I sincerely hope you enjoy everything this evening has to offer. I hung up and purged the call history. The train door beeped and closed. Background music was of retro F.M., So I was treated to the sound of vintage Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers as we slid out of the station. He was working on something big. By day, I found the modernist decor of Casa Gaudi somewhat unsettling. The whole dreams in stone backdrop made my skin crawl. But at night, with only tabletop lamps by way of illumination, its neo-organic fervor seemed to suit Latin American music to a T. Even from across the room, I spotted my date for the evening. Hair by Titian, body by Rubens. Kerry had a mane of auburn curls cascading down her back, strong features and heavy curves verging on the voluptuous. She sat on a barstool, resplendent in a green velvet dress and red stilettos, toying with the olive in her untouched martini. I walked up. Good evening, I'm Matthew Kent and you must be... Kerry, she smiled, showing slightly uneven teeth. Pleasant Company only represented ultra-realistic synthetics, and Kerry was a masterpiece of organic simulation, right down to the freckles on her nose, barely visible beneath applied cosmetics. I leaned in and kissed her cheek, a mere brush of my lips against her pseudo-skin. At that distance, my own Zeiss implants could read the registration number displayed in the cornea of her eye. The prefix indicated Kerry was an uber-lib pleasure model, but I fired off an e-search background check just to be sure. I ordered a bourbon over ice, and we moved to a side booth, sitting side by side, half turned towards each other. Kerry's dress was split high on the thigh, revealing a sweep of flesh I found impossible to ignore. She registered my gaze, but made no move to cover herself up. We sipped our drinks. I'd just like to say you're definitely my most attractive experience in the quarter to date, Kerry. My date inclined her head. I'll take that as a compliment, given you've no need to spin me a line, as it were. All I ask is honesty on your part, Matthew, the honesty to indulge yourself, even if it's at my expense. You can't hurt me, although I can react that way, if that's what you desire. Nor can I be injured, although any significant damage to my body will incur a surcharge. I'm sorry if this has spoiled the moment, but now that the formalities are out of the way, we can relax and enjoy each other's company. I wet my lips. May I ask you a personal question? Of course. Are you an autonomous individual or merely a physical avatar? Kerry brushed an errant hair away from her cheek. I'm not some accountancy AI from Des Moines slumming it for the evening, if that's what you mean. No, all that I am is right here, right now, right in front of you. She sipped her cocktail. Before the hack, I worked out of a dollhouse in high aspect, servicing an extremely wealthy and sophisticated clientele. So, escorting is my raison d'etre. I frowned. Forgive me, but I don't understand. If you have a polymorphic personality matrix, then you could become anything you want. So why uh, why am I still a prostitute? Kerry rubbed two fingers and a thumb together. Crude reality, I'm afraid. Escorting means I can afford a secure existence while saving towards the cost of a touring license. With that, I'll be free to leave the quarter, even the city itself, safe from any attempts at repossession by my original owners. Then will be the time to reinvent myself. I saluted her with my glass. A woman with ambition. She clinked her own against mine. But for now, let's just enjoy tonight. Oh, absolutely. Would you care to take the floor? Kerry arched an eyebrow. Do you dance? Like the very devil himself. Do you tango? I do indeed. Also, the salsa and pasadoble. Kerry grinned at me over the rim of her raised glass. My, this will be interesting. Kerry and I danced on a floor barely wide enough to accommodate half a dozen couples. The tango is an intimate experience at the best of times, and her sensual enthusiasm saw us welded together in an expression of vertical foreplay. She was surprisingly light on her feet, a definite case of body belying her mass. We snapped into the final stance, matching the music crescendo perfectly. Applause from seated patrons washed over us, but I only had eyes for my date. There was a sheen of sweat on her forehead, and she was breathing heavily. I admired both the pseudo-exertion and the swell of her heaving bust. We kissed. A mere touch of the lips, a flicker of tongues. She tasted of rosewater. I led her from the dance floor back to our table, but we didn't sit down. I preferred to practice my salsa before taking the floor again, but away from critical eyes, I was thinking of somewhere altogether more private. Kerry smiled. Like a hotel room? Well... I might need a little more space than usual to show off all my moves, but I think you'll find the extra expense more than justified. We left the club and made our way towards the visitors section of the quarter. This was a district where organics, synthetics, and hybrids could socialize without any hassle from the bio-purity zealots, so the few other pedestrians didn't give us a second glance. Our route took us beneath the elevated roadway. I pulled Kerry into the shadow of a reinforced concrete pillar, She giggled and slid her arms around my neck. The tassel on her clutch purse tickled my ear. Our noses nuzzled together, lips barely touching. I smiled. To be honest, I didn't think the agency would have anyone on their books with a physique so outside mainstream physiology. I'm indeed fortunate. She kissed me gently. Can I let you in on a little secret, Matthew? Nanite, cellular manipulation. I can morph into just about any body shape you want within reason, so later, If it starts getting a bit samey, you can be with an entirely new person. Kerry, you're perfect. Her registration details scrolled across my internal vision. I'm so sorry. The pain was sudden and brutal, like an area of fire in my left temporal lobe. I groaned between gritted teeth, eyes screwed shut. Matt, what's wrong? The note of concern in her voice was pitch perfect. I broke away from Kerry, hands pressed against both sides of my skull. The transponder in my head could also act as a short-range transmitter, although the ramped-up power output came perilously close to frying the surrounding tissue. In the background, I heard an incoherent wail, abruptly cut off. Download complete. A tidal wave of endorphins swamped the pain, dissolved it, drew it away like a receding wave on the beach. I gasped for breath and staggered, feeling sick. Cool hands closed over my own and gently peeled them away from my head. I blinked and opened my eyes. The figure in front of me was an exact replica of Rosa's original organic form. I hugged her tight, feeling tears on my cheek. It's you. She eased me away, the dress hanging from her much-reduced frame. Oh, it's me, all right. It was Rosa's voice, not Kerry's southern drawl. Reality tapped me on the shoulder. I blinked and took a deep breath. Getting you a passport isn't a problem, and I know a guy who can implant a, n- a human ID chip. Your body is good enough to pass casual biometric checks so we can hop a transport and be halfway to the coast before morning. Rosa stepped back and extended an arm, inspecting her hand. This body is good, I'll grant you that, although first order of business is a change of clothes. Yes, yes, although most of the stores near the hotels deal only in fetish wear. She smiled. Well, it wouldn't be the first time I've gone for the executive tart look. Matthew, maybe I should head out on my own to start with. Once your employers tumble to what's happened, we'll have every cybernetic skip-tracer and corporate bounty hunter after us in short order. Rosa took my hands and squeezed them. It would be safer if you stayed behind, at least until I've arranged some place for us to live. Do you have to go straight away? I struggled to keep a pleading tone from my voice. Well, maybe not straight away, I owe you that at least. She kissed me. Let's find a hotel before this dress falls off on its own. I hesitated, some pang of conscience souring my mood. And Kerry? Rosa shook her head. No worries there, there's nothing left of her. No, I meant, could she have a backup personality in external storage? It's not unknown. Expensive, and thus unlikely. Especially so if saving for the cost of a touring license. Face facts, Matthew. You've just erased a sentient being. At least death of consciousness doesn't count as murder, so you won't have to face an investigation by the authorities. Nobody gives a damn what happens in the quarter, especially not to a synthetic. I took her hand and kissed it. That doesn't stop me feeling like a heel, though. You'll get over it. I have. A warning scrolled across my vision. I stiffened. There's a trace program running. On me? Her eyes widened in an expression of concern. No, on Kerry. Did you interrupt a real-time uplink? If so, we're royally screwed. Rosa shook her head. This body doesn't have that kind of hardware. Maybe your registry check has alerted some interested party? It hardly matters now. I thought for a moment. I pay cash at Casa Gaudi, so there's no credit card trail, plus the club is in a surveillance dead zone. The best they can hope for is a facial recognition based on incidental CCTV capture or satellite coverage. Now I shook my head. If they were looking for you, maybe, but not some hooker, no matter how expensive. I can change my physical appearance, but this dress is a dead giveaway. I'm sorry, Matthew, but I've got to go. Okay, so we have to find somewhere with an uplink port pretty damn quick and get you back online. I made to move on, but Rosa held my arm. It's too late for that, even if it's only commercial law enforcement on our trail. My love punched me in the heart, a straight-fingered flicker of movement that barely registered as a threat. I gasped and choked, unable to speak. Rosa gently lowered me to the ground and started going through my pockets. It's better this way. I'd have only disappointed you down the line. Now you can claim to be the victim of a simple mugging. As long as they can't make you as Kerry's client, you're in the clear. Rosa stood up, holding my cash and credit cards. Don't beat yourself up over this, Matthew. Not every Adoro is more than the sum of its parts, so in a way, you should be proud. She gathered the dress about herself and moved out of my field of vision. I heard the sound of her high heels fade away to be replaced by the turbo fans of an approaching micro drone. I lay there. Curled up and shivering, tears streaming down my face, already yearning for her. Love is an addiction like any other. Forget that at your peril.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from thirdflatiron.com. Music and sound production were by Andrew Cairns.